Welcome to another episode of Lonely Town, a killer's podcast with Derek and Jimmy. So we're going to start talking about the documentary, and it's been a long time coming. It's been about four months since it came out. We probably should have started talking about it a long time ago. But it was a little bit daunting because there's so much to talk about. And it's crazy how, how fast time flies while doing this. We have we've done an episode every week since August, mid-August of 2021, except for Christmas. And uh, we're now in July of 2022. We're <coughs> almost a year into the to the to the year anniversary of the album coming out, and uh, we're still going strong. So thanks for staying with us. Yeah, there was a, a point, and when I pitched this with Jimmy, I had a time frame in mind. Maybe someday I'll share that whole story. But I think we've uh, definitely exceeded expectations of where I thought we'd go. And uh, a lot of people have been nice to contribute and talk with us, and and we've been able to to talk to a lot of good people with a lot more knowledge than than we have about the band and. Uh, it's just been a great experience for us. So I um, appreciate everybody that's been supportive uh, throughout this year. And I don't know how long we'll go, but as long as the killers are putting out content, I think we'll uh, we'll be there somewhere covering them. What would Jimmy? Yeah, until Nephi stops having an influence on the killers' lyrics, definitely. Which, based on what we've seen on the first seven albums, we're never going to run out of material. So Always something. So as we talk about the documentary, it came out end of March, I believe. It centers primarily on July 2021, about a month before the album came out, the director went to Nephi and created this documentary. Um, and the, a lot of stuff happens in Nephi during the summer, especially during July. That's when the Youth Stampede happens. And uh, the associated events, a lot of those that are a lot of those are covered in the documentary. And the 4th of July, uh, fireworks. So it's, it was definitely July, which is surprising considering how they pull it all together. There's a an article that was written by the director about how it came to be and his process. And he talks about how in June of 2021, he got a phone call out of kind of out of the blue from Brandon Flowers. And I thought how crazy that was because by June, they probably knew that the album was, well, the album had long been done. It was, they probably knew it was coming out in August. And um, so it's, it's great that it happened in June because they were able to film all the stuff that happens in Nephi in July and in the summer in order for it to come out in March. So, yeah, for a long time, we were just waiting for it to come out so that we could talk about some of the the things that we had heard, you know, about the Backyard concert and things like that had happened. You know, by the time the, the thing came out, it would have been about nine months since since the album came out and led us to be able to talk to Meadow and, and some of the other guests that you'll hear coming up. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because we hear bits and pieces, probably like everybody else, but I remember uh, hearing some different things about this documentary crew that had been going around and... Uh, kind of the places that they've been, we'll talk about that. And, you know, it was kind of a secretive thing, but kind of not as secret as some of the other stuff. And so we're like, okay, there's a Killers album coming out about Nephi. Okay, they're they're filming things around Nephi. And I knew some of the places they'd been, didn't know all the places. And me and Jimmy both are like, well, I wonder when this is going to be released so that we can uh, talk about it on the podcast. And then months and months go by. And then all of a sudden we hear uh, there was a concert with the Killers in Nephi. And... You know, I'm like, ah, I'm not sure about that. Or, you know, I'm not sure if that actually happened or if this is just rumor or gossip or, or stories. And then I hear from people that went to the concert and then I hear that was in the backyard of, you know, Andy's garage and just different things. I'm like, how is this all going to play together? You start getting all these puzzle pieces and they aren't going together too smoothly at first. And then the album comes out and then, you know, it's a long time later. And we can't mention any of this on the podcast because... We don't know if it's factual for one. We don't know if it's ever really going to come out for another. And then 
you know, we, like, how bad would that be if we want to ever have guests on that worked with any of this and we're the ones that, that blew the cover and said, oh, yeah, they did this concert or they did this or or whatever. So our lips have been kind of sealed on a lot of this stuff. So we want to respect people's people being asked not to tell. Yeah, until until the, the thing's been released, uh, we're not we're not going to be breaking breaking the news here um, and getting people in trouble because then they're not going to come talk to us, obviously, or share their experiences. And people around town will think, well, I can't trust those guys because they're just going to tell all of our secrets. So uh, it's been a process. When it first came out, I remember, you know, the the name even notes from a from a quiet town. I thought that was kind of kind of a different title, but it's been the pressure machine was kind of a different title. Everything's just kind of been different than what I expected, but not a bad thing. Uh, but I remember I was at work, and the second it dropped, um, I think I'd actually, because it was supposed to be coming out that day or something, and I was trying to time it up so at work I'd either be off work or I'd be on a break to where I could watch it when it came out. So I was I was messaging with John Air about it and saying, what time is this going to be out so I can watch it? And he said noon or whatever time it was, our time. I don't remember if it was noon our time or one hour time or whatever it was, and it's like, all right, thanks. So. I went to break automatically at, at the, that time, and then I just went uh, out and uh, put in the headphones and, and watched it, and uh, went home that night, and you know I sent out the links to everybody, uh, friends, family, and all that. I went home last uh, that night and pull up the YouTube on TV and sit down with with my wife and we watch it again, and I probably hadn't watched it uh, in its entirety since then. Except for right before we're doing these episodes, they started releasing uh, the music videos of the song performances from the documentary, which was nice because it refreshed me with kind of some of the stuff. <laughs> and so reading the people's comments about things, people that didn't realize uh, the killers that you can put out this Pressure Machine album and people that were critical about different things we'll cover and all that. And then the good positive things are people from Nephi. And uh, then, you know, me and Jimmy planned it out and I went home and... Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with Jimmy. We broke it down, took our notes to get to this point, and all the stuff I'd forgotten really, really surprised me. It starts out with a shot of Nebo, the south side of Nebo, that is the view from Nephi, and it's kind of the backdrop to Nephi, and it's in this cool song, as you heard on our episode of Scott, as you sing. <laughs> the song starts out, Neath the Majestic Guard of Nebo. It's part of what makes Nephi a beautiful place, but it starts with a train coming in and cuts to a... I mean, right off the bat, you can tell that we're kind of feel they're trying to, to go with. The style of uh, the filming. They've got an 8 or 16 millimeter camera, do these freeze frames of the train to kind of make it jump a little bit like the old movies, you like it's on a projector reel or something, I don't know. But uh, it definitely gives this feel of, you know, the color's a little bit uh, muted, it's kind of earth tones, kind of make it a little, make it look, I mean, all the aspects of it make it a little look a little bit older. You know, kind of give this feel of a, a rural, quiet town. <laughs> yeah, and when the train's coming through, one one thing I noticed is they went to a uh, an intersection uh, that didn't have the the cross the railing crossings. And one thing that's came up, I don't think people realize with rural towns, if you're from a city, every time you go to a train, there's automatically guards that come down. If people get hit by the train, they either try to run those or, or skip around them or they malfunction or stuff. There are spots in Nephi now that have more of those uh, cross-arm guards or, or whatever they're called. Uh, but there are spots that don't, and I, I know it's came up a few times with how your way out of life is through the train and, and that throughout the album. And it's kind of rubbed people the wrong way with uh, a lot of these people they're talking about weren't, weren't suicides or suicidal people. Uh, it was just accidents that occurred. And people wonder, well, how could you accidentally not see a train? You know, and uh, you think of driving around, blaring your music as a teenager, or you're concentrating on other things, or you got a loud vehicle or, or whatever, or you're in a hurry. 
99% of the time, as you come to that railroad track, there's there's nothing, and you kind of do a quick check or maybe walk one way, not the other, and you've got it across. This is one of those instances where you can see, you know, there's nothing indicating that the train's coming, and if it's not blowing the whistle, uh, you can cross that and uh, have an accident pretty easily. Um, also, just for the people that kind of like this uh, idea of the layout of the land and stuff, um, that's that's right behind the, the NRP uh, rubber plant, Jones's rubber plant, where that shot's taking place. So. If you want to go see where this opening uh, spot was and where uh, that view of Mount Nebo is and the building there that the kind of focuses the train goes through, that's, uh, that's the backside of NRP Jones. The documentary then goes to an interview with uh, the former mayor of Nephi, who was the mayor at the time, and he's talking about how he was prompted, he and his wife were prompted to move to Nephi, but they had this, both had this feeling, this inspiration that they were supposed to move to Nephi, and the quote I wrote down was, God brought us to Nephi. Yeah, I don't know if uh, this happened where you grew up on your side of town, um, but Nephi has definitely grown over the years, uh, but I remember a lot of times you'd go to, uh, in, in the in the church, they'd have a meeting at the first of the month that was called a fast and testimony meeting. And that's basically an open mic for people to get up and say whatever they want. It's supposed to be something uh, like you talk about how you uh, feel faith promoting, faith promoting, or how you know about the church, or you know, warm fuzzies and inspire other people. But it can turn into a free for all real easy sometimes, or you get a lot of interesting stories those weeks. And uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say uh, necessarily uh, I believe them or not, but there was a time where I called it lying cry meeting because it seemed like people would just get up and tell these uh, magical stories and they'd cry in there somewhere. And so. I used to refer to it as lying cry meeting. I, I don't so much now. I've reformed myself a little bit. But growing up, a lot of people would move to Nephi, at least in our area of town. And that was uh, a lot of times people would get up in church and during these meetings and they'd say something very similar to what uh, what was said here. We don't know why we're here, but the Lord inspired us and told us we need to move to Nephi. And if I've heard that, you know, one time I've heard it a hundred uh, some of the people last and, and become mayor and have a, a good long run in Nephi. Uh, some people become destitute and leave uh, probably hating Nephi. And uh, whether or not they feel inspired by a higher power or not, uh, they definitely all believe it. And Nephi is a beautiful spot, and I can see why the Lord would want people to live there. So I'm not saying anything negative on that end. I just think it's kind of interesting that that was one theme I didn't think would come up in the album or in this uh pressure machine talk or anything that we had and the first line out of the mouth there is uh the lord told us well it was i didn't want you know i what are you thinking i don't i don't want you you don't want to know what i'm thinking well where are you thinking oh you don't want to know and they both have the same idea and he's uh, i mean we know him he's an honest man i don't think he was making any of that up and they both had the idea and they moved to nephi and then uh going back to he kind of says in there too like i don't know what would have happened had we not done that and where things might have been i think about that sometimes too and that kicked back to that uh, another song in, in the album that talks about, you know, in another life. It kind of had those tones to it, which I thought was uh, kind of unique and, and pretty cool because, as Jimmy was saying, this wasn't filmed during the album making or with the songs. I don't think they sat down and listened to the music. It was just something they went and did to be a companion piece, and it touches on a lot of the themes from, from the album. So I just thought that was unique, and that was something I'd heard a lot growing up, and I'm sure it's still happening now. Is people are, are feeling that uh, inspiration to move to Nephi, and and uh, you can definitely tell if you drive down Main Street now versus uh, when we grew up, it's it's grown. Yeah, the next part of the documentary shows inside the rubber plant. So we've talked a little bit about that. It's, it comes up in the album a few times. But I was glad because I've never actually been inside the rubber plant there in Nephi. And it was crazy to see some of those machines that weave together the nylon or whatever, the 
goes under the rubber, and uh, holy cow, I didn't know how. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty crazy to watch. Some of those blurrier shots and stuff, I didn't like as much. I know it's kind of this artistic feel and stuff. I, I wish they'd have just been almost like a Discovery Channel documentary of how the hose is made, but I'd be the only one kind of interested in that. Um, but I have said several times I've had family members that have worked there. Um, it's a very dirty job. Uh, that hose gets on their, I mean, you have gloves sometimes, but a lot of times they won't use the gloves and it gets in their skin. Uh, it's very loud. A lot of people uh, suffer, you know, hearing problems. If you work there for a long time, they give you hearing protection, but some people uh, just don't use it or, or whatever. And there have been some crazy incidents uh, with, with some of those uh, machines uh, throughout the years of people, um, you know, having having uh, some some major, you know, getting caught in those machines and stuff. So uh, maybe sometime we'll, we'll bring somebody in that can talk more about some of that. But I remember uh, just hearing stories about so-and-so fell into the, they have names like, Every part of that thing has like a different. They have their own code and name. Like this, I don't know the zoo and the cat. The machine has different names. And so it is. A, it's a pretty dangerous job. It's a very hard job. I'm guessing that building is very hot. I'm assuming during July it's extremely hot. So I did take a tour of it once in the Boy Scouts. I remember. So maybe that will have to be our next adventure, Jimmy. We we had the annex a couple of weeks ago. Maybe we'll have to go uh, take a take a walk through the rubber plant. That'd be cool. Uh, so at this point, you notice. There is this quiet music playing. There's an excerpt from West Hills where there's uh, Brandon quietly a cappella singing, I was born right here in Zion, God's own son, and then free in the West Hills. And I watched it first before reading this from the director, Robert McCoyne. There's an article on TalkHouse.com called Like Songs Floating in the Air. And when I saw the title of that, I thought it was exactly the feeling that I got listening to some of the songs from Pressure Machine that make their way on here in the background and it's exactly like that it's like the songs are floating in air and i thought i thought it'd be good to, to read this from his his article about the making of this documentary he said as brendan and i ate and talked it became clear that what he wanted was something more than a music video a longer project that captured the essence of small town living i learned he'd grown up in nephi utah a town about an hour from where i currently live as he talked about his life and the experiences that inspired the album i started to realize that the environments we grew up in were were very similar he talks a little bit about how we grew up in King City, California. Uh, the more we talked, the more it became obvious that we sh should make a documentary about life in a small town. Brandon said I could shoot it anywhere, but the more he talked about his experiences growing up, the more it became obvious that as he had written songs about Nephi, that was what the documentary needed to be about. The following day, I drove down to Nephi and walked around the town. I chatted with people on their porches. I captured images of the horses, of small kids driving golf carts, of the Jones plant, I ate at the Nebo Queen trying the English chips Brandon had talked about. I drove home and that night listened to the album over and over again. As the words of the record filled my mind, it became obvious that I might never be able to do justice to the town of Nephi or the words Brandon had written and in the songs the killers performed about the culture and people in this town. But as he talked about the songs and about people who had influenced them and experiences that had shaped certain lyrics, it became obvious that this documentary should not be about Nephi. It should be about Brandon writing about Nephi. I decided to make a film as if the album was being created where we would float around as if lines from the songs were blowing in the wind. So as we hear this first, these first lines in the beginning of the documentary from West Hills, I think that's, uh, you know, it fits really well with what they were trying to accomplish. You're seeing images of the rubber plant with this, the sound floating in above you, <laughs> floating quietly in the air. Brandon starting to sing some of these songs from Pressure Machine. One thing that kind of came to my mind there is it seems like Brandon kind of has an M.O. that we've learned is he, he kind of 
gets inspiration or wants to do something, and he, he acts on it. He doesn't kind of wait or let build over time. I think he's a guy that likes to have an idea, call him up, pitch it. If you're in, good. Get going. Here's what we want. And he likes to eat because a lot of these times we've talked to people that have had uh, these meetings and stuff with him. Uh, they'll usually go out to uh, a burger joint, and he'll have, uh, you know, I don't know if that's where they ate, but uh, he <laughs> talked about the, the Nebo Queen. I know... Uh, I think it was the guy when Utah State up in Logan, they talked about going out and eating. And uh, John was telling us about Brandon's hidden talent to be able to order the perfect meal uh, <laughs> quantity-wise for people. So I think uh, we've learned that's a secret talent. Uh, one of the things, when I first heard that, again, the Deluxe album hadn't been released yet. And so I thought, oh, I wonder if these are uh, the Deluxe version of uh, West Hills. And uh, come to find out, it, it's not. It's not a version that we've heard the whole song of. It was just uh, that line, and there's a few other songs as we'll go through the, the documentary that kind of come up in the same way. And so I just at first thought, oh, this just must be prepping for the deluxe version, and we'll hear some of those songs. And then when the deluxe version came out, and I didn't hear this one, I thought, am I crazy? Or was that not the same one? So I think uh, I think I did go back and try to listen to those, uh, just to make sure I was remembering things right. But... I don't know. It's kind of interesting. And he brings up in that in that article, there was the potential for it to just be filmed somewhere, small town. And I'm glad they ended up doing it in Nephi. You know, some of the trailers that came out before the film, before the album came out, were of the killers walking down the street in Eureka, um, also in Juab County, but not not Nephi. They talk about the rubber plant in the album, and in the documentary, you're seeing inside the rubber plant. It's it's actually there in Nephi, and it's not just some other, yeah, some other, other place. Random so factory. You can, you can put images to the words and uh, the places on the album. Did a good, good job, and like uh, Jimmy was saying, it captures a different tone, and uh, I think it's what Brandon wanted to come from it, whether or not us people from Nephi agree with that's the feel. It doesn't really matter. It's uh, Brandon's idea and how he saw it, kind of like uh, that article said. He wasn't trying to capture Nephi as it is. It was as it was in Brandon's uh, mind and telling these stories. From there, uh, we jumped to... Uh, the long-awaited backyard concert, and I was just kind of surprised, I guess, even though I knew uh, there was going to be a concert, or we'd heard about it, uh, just when they walk out, and there's all these just little kids on the front row, and uh, it's Andy's Garage, which is right on Main Street, so how they snuck all this in. It wasn't an easy thing to do. They pulled it off, and then it was kind of a makes- makeshift stage with uh, broke-down forklifts and-, and cars all around it, and uh, Brandon says, you know, I love Nephi, and the band's there, and they start playing Cody. And uh, as he said in other interviews and stuff, Cody's just kind of a combination of a lot of his friends' crazy brothers. Uh, that was our first time hearing an acoustic version of Cody, and uh, it was it was interesting. Uh, Ronnie was definitely dressed up like he belonged in Nephi. <laughs> I, I thought from from watching that, uh, if ever anyone in that band looked like he would fit in in the crowd, uh, I think I think Ronnie would have that day. So uh, that's uh, that's a compliment coming from me. So Brandon gets up on stage, like you said, and says, I love Nephi. A little bit validating, as we mentioned from the very first episode. You know, over the years, we've kind of gotten the sense that, you know, we know Brandon couldn't wait to get out of Nephi as a teenager. And there's been a lot of lyrics about getting out of the town and about a two-star town. So to hear him say, I love Nephi, was fun. Gave you the heart tingles a little bit of, uh, he, he didn't forget about us, and, and we have a whole album to prove it. But He might never talk about it again. But we'll always, we'll always have pressure machine, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, it was also kind of just it was just kind of an interesting setup, and we need to talk to some more people, obviously. But from from what we were told, it was just kind of a, an invite thing where they said, "Hey, we're having a barbecue um, with uh, everyone that participated in this project, this documentary project at uh, Andy's at five o'clock or whatever time it was." 
And if you could bring something kind of like a potluck type thing, which is kind of weird. I mean, it's something small towns and churches do, but I'm one that's uh, kind of not a potluck guy, especially during the pandemic and stuff. I would have been very uh, sketched out to the point I don't know that I'd have participated so much of, you know, I, I just don't trust people, I guess, anymore. I've had some bad experiences. I'd, I'd ate chips and salts and a, and a Coke or something. But uh, anyways, they said, bring something and, and we'll share. And there's going to be a bunch of people there. Um, but from what we heard uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was some talk. I don't know if it was told to everybody that Brandon was going to make an appearance and probably come out and say thank you or, or something like that. I don't think they were told there was going to be a concert or the rest of the band or anything was going to be there. And so the other thing was you have to keep it on the down low, keep it hush hush. And uh, I just, I don't know, just the people showing up for this little barbecue and, and sitting on that lawn and uh, seeing this little makeshift stage. I don't know what they expected to happen, but from what we understand and were told by people that were there is the second they came out, it got pretty, pretty emotional on, uh, obviously on, on Quiet Town, but on all the songs, I think people were, were pretty emotional. And I don't think they shot that part of the crowd as much, or they panned to that part of the crowd where they showed everybody they were happy and clapping. Um, but I don't think they were showing them in real time as, as people were, were crying or just, you know, jaw on the floor. Cause they hadn't heard a lot of these or any of these songs at that point. And so it was, uh, uh, the debut, and I know on online with your your reddits and uh, your setlist.coms and places, everyone wants to know where, where songs were debuted live or when are they going to do the song live and stuff. And I haven't went to see if this set list has made its way onto onto there, but I want it to be known that want to be known that those uh, those three songs debuted live in Nephi at Andy's Garage. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's something that uh, I never thought I'd be able to say is that the Killers would debut new songs in Nephi. I mean. You know, even if it was a larger uh, place that they were playing, um, that's just something that never crossed my mind. Even when we started doing this show a little bit, I, I didn't think that would be the first place they they play songs off this record. So, yeah, the only tragedy is that we didn't get invited, Derek. I, I think our shot. I think if we had started the podcast one to two months earlier, maybe, maybe we'd have, maybe we'd have been in, but we obviously didn't, so we weren't. So that's part one of Notes from a Quiet Town, and that's another episode down from Lonely Town. <laughs>